into a process is what you're not. That's the whole message. All that's it here. So what turns it into a process? See, for the truth to be a process, then you have relevance in it. Yeah? Because you have to do it or you can choose not to do it. So really, in a sense, let's say the process is to know God. In that process of knowing God, what's playing God is you. You know? So you want to meet this almighty, all-powerful entity, but you're acting as such. Literally, because you're making God a topic that you may want to know or not know. So it becomes God becomes up to you. That isn't God, is it? That's a God of your understanding. So God of your understanding is something that you, as God, either wants to know or not know. And if you don't do certain things, you'll never know God. And if you do a lot of things, you just might know God occasionally, but probably not. But keep on going. Because one day, if you do everything right, and you have the right person and the right teacher and the right place and the right this and the right disposition, and you've been doing a lot of nice, compassionate things, maybe you'll know God then. Who's playing God there? If you look at it, who's playing God? You become more relevant than God. Because you can do something to not know God, or you can do something to know God. So God is really irrelevant to you. But the point is, this is the other way around it. You're irrelevant, and then that makes truth totally relevant. It's so relevant, it can't be irrelevant. And that's the solution. It's taken out of the option based on how you feel, or what you think, or what your critique of the situation, and it becomes an optionless state. So no matter how you're feeling or how you're thinking, it doesn't change the fact that all there is is consciousness. Yeah? So yet, you're, the relevance of consciousness isn't based on you making it relevant or not. It's relevant in and of itself. And so in a sense, the best access point is your irrelevance. As, as long as you're act, trying to access it as you being relevant, then it becomes a process, you know, based on what you think you're doing, or how you think you're doing. And even the thinking what you're doing is much more important than any doing. So if you do something that seems to work for someone else, it may not work for you, because it's not the doing, it's the thinking about what you're doing. So the head is totally relevant in your pursuit of knowledge. That's why it's self-knowledge and it avails you nothing. Because it doesn't lead you to freedom from what? Self. Because it's totally the process of selfing. Is to make something a topic and give it a little relevance to reflect the great relevance you have by being away from that because you haven't done the right thing. So let's say you say God is everywhere but when you say God is everywhere, you have a special everywhere called somewhere that's superior than everywhere, because you don't sense everywhere. So the somewhere has to decide to give up something called somewhere to feel the everywhere, which is more powerful than, I'd say, the somewhere. The somewhere trumps the everywhere. You're feeling constantly of somewhere, and you're not feeling the everywhere, which is more powerful to you. I'd say the somewhere. Yeah. That's relevance. That's all the mind is seeking as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It wants to be relevant. It wants to have some power and influence. So how does it do it? 
it causes what's so not to seem so, and then it can seem so to it if it wants. Or it cannot seem so to it as it wants, and that's my God, don't you think? I mean, the truth only seems so to you when you're entertaining it, or when you want to entertain it, or maybe when you have a break and it's Saturday and you're not working, you can go home and you can think about the truth. So now the truth seems to have relevance to you only when you want it to be relevant. But really, the truth is totally relevant. I mean, consciousness is all there is. Its fact outshines any opinion that you can have of it. Your tending to it or not tending to it is irrelevant. It's just a recognition of that. Yeah? Not as making this more relevant, oh, I've recognized it. No, because then the rec- then its relevance is still based on you. Yeah, I've recognized the truth. No, there's just recognition of truth. When there's just recognition of truth, that becomes a a stable condition, it's not a condition, but it becomes stable, it becomes optionless, it becomes choiceless. There's no option. Yeah? So it's really not up to me anymore. And that's why it's so beautiful. Because if it's up to you, then you're accessing that all-accessible point will be based on if you think you deserve to access it or, or if you feel you don't deserve to access it. I would say you're playing God with the topic of God. I don't like the word God, but you know what I'm implying. You're playing the major role, because everywhere can't be sensed by you, so you must be more powerful than everywhere. (laughs) How could that possibly be so? So really, it's in that humility, in a sense, or that being sense of right-sizedness, or like they say, it's in the forgetting of the self that you are reborn, it's in self-forgetting, everything opens up, it's in you die to the self and you're reborn. Basically, it's really dying to your own relevance, and then you're reborn in the true relevance, which is life. Yeah. Instead of a pseudo-God, you get the sense, the, tru- the truth of what's actually always so at all times. You really get the sense of where everywhereness from and as everywhereness, instead of trying to sense everywhereness when you want to on a weekend from somewhereness. Yeah. So obviously the somewhere trumps the everywhere. How am I ever going to get to everywhere? i got to go through somewhere. You're never getting to everywhere through somewhere. As soon as, you get to, as soon as you get into somewhere, it ain't taking you to everywhere. It'll take you to an everywhere in a special somewhere. And that everywhere can be dispatched at any time the mind figures out, hey, I'm getting uncomfortable with this everywhere. Oh, I did something to lose the everywhere. Now I'm back in my somewhere and I can huddle up and reinforce. All right, I'm ready to go on my next retreat. I'm going to go and dive into the everywhere. But as a special somewhere. Always having that little island set up for your little escape to special somewhere. That isn't it, really. It's relevance. The relevance of the truth causes what you have taken to be so important to see to be seen as totally irrelevant. But not in the sense of what it believes irrelevance means, which you, you, you're nothing. Your nothing is really beautiful. You being nothing is really beautiful. You can just step out of this machination of selfing all day and just be free from the drive to be relevant. It 
because the drive for, for what isn't so to be relevant, it has to make what's so irrelevant to it, which means it gets put off, it's hidden in a different place or at another time, but it's never always accessible at all times with no requirements necessary now, because that fact would make you irrelevant, because you would, there would be no role for you as a doer and a haver when, it, when it's about truth. You have no role, and your whole role here as the story of you and a life is you as the doer. But with truth, you don't, there's no doing. There's no having truth. <laughs> because it's so. It's always so at all times. There's no access point because it's totally accessible. There's no, it's like why they say it's the gateless gate. The gateless gate, to me, implies it's not a gate. Yeah. There's not a gate. There's not something that's separating you from you're in your somewhere, and then there's the gate into everywhereness, and that you have to enter the gate into everywhereness as a somewhere. No, the gateless gate is there's no somewhere and everywhere. All there is is everywhere. Yeah, that's the gateless gate. So when everything is, when the truth is seen as everywhere, it. That scene invalidates your special somewhere. When the special somewhere is invalidated, there is obviously no process from the land of somewhere to everywhere. Every process from the land of somewhere to everywhere is a mythical journey to a conceptual everywhere being entertained in your relevant somewhere. It has to be, because it doesn't seem to take total effect over you, does it? It's something that you visit when you think you visit it on a retreat, and then when you go to work, you're not visiting it. So everywhere isn't everywhere, is it? It's only in special somewheres that actually you set up. So the retreat's a special somewhere, or the space capsule's a special somewhere, or this is a special somewhere, and that's where I feel everywhere. Or I go to my special place in the forest, and then I feel everywhere there. But you're feeling everywhere as the relevant somewhere. <laughs> That's not everywhere. That's, that's neutering everywhere to be a special everywhere in your special somewhere. That you, as a somewhere, can entertain every once in a while, but escape from it at any moment you deem you want to escape. Yeah. So I'm going to escape into my special somewhere out of that everywhere. That ain't everywhere. When the everywhere is recognized, there is no escape. That's the wisdom of no escape. A lot of people talk about it differently. Someone wrote a couple of books. It's an old statement, the wisdom of no escape. But for me, the wisdom of no escape is that there's nothing to escape from. Yeah? That's the wisdom. There's nothing to escape from. There's nothing you can escape from. Everywhere, if it fulfills the definition of the word, is everywhere. Yeah? If it's everywhere, then where or where is its access point? Which way do I need to be facing to access everywhere? Is everywhere over here? So I have to practice a way of looking just to the west, and then I'll see everywhere? Or is everywhere to the east? Obviously, everywhere is everywhere. Yeah? So everywhere cannot be found by a way of looking. It has to be recognized as seeing. So seeing from everywhere, or looking for everywhere, if you're a special somewhere, if this is relevant, 
then you're looking for everywhere. And that looking for everywhere, from a special somewhere, that's not everywhere. You're never going to find it. You'll make something up and make it a special everywhere and a special somewhere, but it ain't going to do the trick. Because your freedom and your release is going to be based on your head. Your head will tell you when you're released and when it's over. Okay, that's enough of an epiphany. That's it. Too much epiphany this week. It's getting scary. All right. I just had the epiphany. Okay. Just muted the epiphany. So any little breaking in of the everywhere, because the everywhere will constantly leak into the somewhere. It has to, because it's everywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> it hasn't actually left the space that you think the somewhere is in, but the way it exper- you experience it as the somewhere is that it leaks in. You know, it just keeps intruding on my somewhere. You know, so you think, all right, I can, I can entertain everywhere at that beautiful retreat, mountain retreat, yeah, and in the quiet of the morning when everyone's meditating, I can entertain somewhere everywhere then. But then it will intrude on you on the day when you're painting or you're taking a shit, or your nose is covering, something's coming out of your nose. And this every, the everywhere-ness will intrude on your special somewhere. You go, no, 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 no. It's okay to feel it after retreat, but I can't feel it now. This is my special somewhere. This is my job. This is where I complain about how irrelevant I am to them, or whatever. Yeah? But the everywhere is everywhere. So there's no way to access it. <laughs> because you have to be somewhere else to access it, wouldn't you? Isn't it just a, a, a stubborn sense of relevance that you feel by interpreting what's happening now that you're not in everywhere? Well, actually, that's true because you, as a somewhere, is not in everywhere. You are the everywhere. Again, see, the somewhere holds out to be relevant, doesn't it? I'm holding out. I don't mind experiencing everywhere, but I want to experience everywhere as a special somewhere. I have to be relevant. It has to be based on what I did. I must have read some books. I must have gone to some talks. I must have touched feet with some master. And somehow, I had something to do with me experiencing the sense of everywhereness. No, you don't. You don't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> you can write up every story you want, but it only seems real on this flimsy paper of this place. Is printed at the, some, the special somewhere press. Yeah. But in everywhere, there's nothing that you do or have that has anything to do with anything. <laughs> to me, this is like a very deep form of relaxation. When special somewhere can just take a nice, long, deep breath, give, out, give up that relevance, and then it breathes in that everywhereness. And it becomes so fucking obvious. Was so obvious. It's cut out cursing. I was cursing too much yesterday. So obvious. So bleeping obvious. So in that obviousness, what happens immediately, because you have no sense of self, that's the beautiful, exquisite, absolute, no relevance point. In other words, self has no relevance whatsoever. There's the absence of self. I mean, the greatest irrelevance is absence, yeah? So, the absence of self is when you feel that presence, isn't it? So, obviously, when the absence of the special somewhere takes effect, then the everywhere is immediately sensed. Immediately. There's no time involved, there's no process, really, is there? It's just sort of, once something gets dropped, let's say the 
the relevance meter drops of self, and then it becomes seemingly irrelevant, and then the irrelevance of presence of everywhere becomes very relevant. Or in a way, it shifts like the foreground of specialness gets shifted to the background, and then the everywhereness or ordinariness gets shifted to the foreground. There's a little bit of a symbiotic relation when it comes to experience here. Your absence is the sense of presence. When your absence of this relevance, then the presence is abounding. It's obvious. When you, when the head rises up and goes, oh, I feel the presence, then the absence starts occurring, right? (laughs) Then, oh, I've got to remember what I did to feel this presence. But now there's more absence. And I'm going to read some books about the presence, which is even more absent. (laughs) Then I'm going to sign up for the next retreat. That's really absent. And so now the presence, which is always available at all times, has become what? Something that is irrelevant or relevant to you. As you. You give it its relevance. That's not everywhere it is. So in your absence, and I'm not saying... Michelle's going to disappear. In fact, Michelle never appeared, let's say. But in your absence, when your mind isn't contorted in that self-centered configuration, it opens up out of that straitjacket, then that's the presence. And as soon as the head arises and goes, oh, I feel the presence, that's the absence. Because as soon as you feel the presence, that presence has to be different than you. Now, can you wait till the end here? There's a souffle is being cooked. I don't want to open up the other door. It's cooking. It's almost there. It's getting fluffy. (laughs) So, let's say you have an event, an epiphany, which is your absence, literally. It's like a divine blackout. There's an absence. Then, of course, the head is configuring incredibly quickly, like a a speed dialing, and it's trying to reorganize self. Yeah? And so it rises a thought and says, I just had this incredible experience. And in habit, your attention goes into that glove, and now you become the owner of that experience. Yeah? So in a sense, it's rele- the only relevance it has now is to you, and that makes it irrelevant. The epiphany truly becomes irrelevant to you when the you makes it relevant. Because when the you makes it relevant, it's only using it to be relevant itself. So now you become a spiritual giant, maybe, for the week. You call everyone up. I had this incredible epiphany. Have you had an epiphany? Mine lasted 45 minutes. Yours, 30, 42 minutes? I'm above you. I'm a, I have a, I'm a grand epiphany haver. And you're a minor epiphany haver. And if you hang out with me, maybe, just maybe, you can move up to the grand epiphany stage. So now, you are the one who had the epiphany. So basically, the epiphany is totally irrelevant. Its relevance is only how it reflects your relevance. Yeah? That's what happens. When the mind, as a self, gets introduced to the truth, the truth truth becomes totally irrelevant. It only is relevant to you. Yeah? So you use relevance, you suck it out, and the mind uses it to become relevant. So now I'm really relevant now because I'm a truth seeker. Yeah? I'm a spiritual seeker. They call me Spiritual Paul in my community. They call Paul the absence. Yeah? So my relevance is truly now based on its irrelevance to me. 
because I see it as something I did or have. That makes it totally irrelevant. And yet, when there's a surrender, this becomes totally irrelevant, and that natural nature is relevance. Yeah? It's all there is. And immediately, immediately, then you're so in it, the only possible thing that this thing can entertain is, let me do something to get out of it, really. <laughs> so let me meditate for four hours. <laughs> It'll look like I really want to get in it, but it's really a way of getting out of it. <laughs> because the seeking for relevance is very strong by conditioned mind. It's very strong. It wants to be relevant. And if it comes in contact with what he calls the truth, it will use the truth for its own relevance. And that makes the truth irrelevant. Yeah? Because at that point, the truth isn't... There's not any inherent freedom there. It's only a, a possibility of you being free if you entertain it. And also, conversely, the possibility of not being free if you don't entertain it. Then you play God once again, right? So you play God with the freaking truth instead of just surrendering and realizing the truth is an optionless state. It's choiceless. You are that. Bye-bye. No, no. All you're convulsing and talking and twisting and doing all this doesn't change that fact ever. That's what it is. It's just a, a real clear rec recognition of the obviousness of the state that's happening. Everywhere means exactly that. Everywhere. There is no somewhere in everywhere. If you try to go to everywhere, even though you think it's very noble, I'm someone, I'm someone in somewhere that wants to know everywhere. Very nice. A lot of people will sort of you know, back you up on that. Yes, let's all get together. and We are special somewheres, but we want to go to everywhere. It's a pointless endeavor. You can't go to everywhere as a special somewhere. It's the recognition there's no somewhere, that's everywhere. Yeah? No matter how much you're thinking you're in a special part of everywhere, that's everywhere. So if, there, if the recognition of everywhere is everywhere, what is there to do? Can you take a step in, further into everywhere? And if you took a step back, would it be a step farther out of everywhere? Everywhere includes everywhere. So every step is in, going towards, is in everywhere, and every step going out is in everywhere. In other words, everywhere encompasses everywhere. Yeah. So, so, what is the, what, what value, how, where would you call, where is the center of everywhere? Where, where is the center of everywhere? It's not like a ball that has a center because it has a diameter and a circumference. Everywhere is everywhere. Where is the center? How can you move towards the center of everywhere? Everywhere is the center of everywhere. So right now, exactly where you are, exactly how you are, you're located in the center of everywhere. That's the invitation. Literally nothing to do, because any doing could distract your attention to thinking that it has something to do to get you closer to the, to the center of everywhere, or, conversely, moving you away from the center of everywhere. And if you believe that you can get close to the center and this is a, and away from the center, you'll have a story about what it's like to get close to the center, and you'll have a huge story about what it's like to move away from the center. Oh, I'm fucking totally disconnected. I'm so out of whack. I'm not centered. What can I do? 
I've got to leave the job and go home and meditate. I forgot to meditate. So I've got to gather myself together and get towards the center. That's totally ridiculous in everywhere. Because why? There's no center in everywhere. You can't be far away from the center or closer to the center. <laughs> in fact, you're irrelevant as a doer. You're totally relevant as an entertainer. Not as an entertainer, but in entertaining. When you entertain everywhereness, that's relevant. Yeah. But in, in, in everywhereness, you're irrelevant. Because your whole relevance is in doing and having. And how can you do and have everywhere? How can you privatize everywhere and make it special? You can only do that if there's a group of special somewheres. And you go, oh, I have the everywhere. Yeah, so in Zen they would say, hey, if you run into someone who has the everywhere, shoot him. They would say, if you run into the Buddha, shoot him. Yeah? Because if you cause or t interpret that someone has the everywhere, on the other side of that coin is you don't have the everywhere. I'll give it to them. They have the everywhere. But while I do that, I'm saying I'm in a special somewhere that I don't have access to the everywhere. Because if I did, I would be looking like he does or she does. And I didn't have an event that they had when they had the event of being in the center of the everywhere. I haven't had that event yet, so therefore I'm in my special somewhere. And I'm still trying to approach the truth to get to that center of everywhere. That's not happening. It's appearing to happen, but everywhere, the everywhereness negates all the relevance of somewhereness. Yes? The relevance of somewhereness is I am sure I'm in this authentic somewhere, and I have to take a path to get out of it and go to that mythical everywhere center. It sounds good here, but in fact, it's irrelevant. Because everywhere is everywhere. Every special position you think you're in, it's leaking right up in it. The everywhere is always available at all times. The invitation is constantly so, because why? It's everywhere. There's nowhere you can appear not to be in everywhere. <laughs> That's the obvious. That's the Zen bitch slap. It's supposed to startle you to submission. That verbing of selfing, which is its whole base, its whole riverbed is relevance. As if it's taking you somewhere. As if the direction of the water has something to do with it. I'm going towards the center, or I'm moving away from the center. I've got to get a, a you know, I've got to get a ferryman to cross me across this river. I've got to go back to the other side. You're everywhere. Right now, the tailor-made invitation is open like that. Like a spring flower. Just revealing itself in the obviousness of consciousness. Consciousness cannot be located, it's not specific, it's not a thing, it's, a, it's the everywhereness. Yeah? We're swimming in it. We're like a fish who doesn't recognize the water. It just sees shells and kelp and everything. It doesn't recognize the medium it's in. It's like someone who's sitting there at the cafe complaining about gravity. Have you heard someone this morning talk about gravity? Oh, gravity is pushing on my right shoulder. How about you? I can see it's on your left a little bit. It's a little heavier today. You have no idea 
about gravity. The only way you know about gravity is by its absence. If you go up into space and you're out of gravity, you'll realize the, the presence of gravity by its absence. That's almost exactly what happens here. When you are full of your presence, that force of gravity is absent to you, or that force of everywhereness is absent to you. When you become absent of your presence, or forgetful of this presence, then that absence becomes super-present. Yeah? So in a sense, you know the presence by your absence. You'll never know the presence by your presence. It will only be an intellectual study. It will only be a doing and having. It will only be something that you still are the dealer and the controller of. Your relevance will reign supreme over the everywhereness. But when you're absent, that's the presence. It's not like when you're absent, then the presence takes a few minutes to get to you. You know? And, and it's you as an absence did it? No. The absence of you as the doer is the presence. It's, well, it's also the presence when there's the doing, but you'll recognize or sense the presence by your absence. That's the dilemma here. You can't recognize it by your presence. It's still something or somewhere. Because you don't have to feel it today. So when they would say God is everywhere, it would be crazy. How am I not bumping into it if it's everywhere? How can I miss what's everywhere? Well, you can easily miss it when you're especially a somewhere. That's the solution. There's nothing to do. It's just hearing this message, and hopefully it'll help you. Your mind will come out of the one configuration of the straitjacket, receive the message, and in receiving the message, it will get a sense of its largeness. Yes? By it reaching out for the envelope, that's the message. You know, it's largeness. Well, wow. So how do we keep reinforcing the special somewhere? By identification. Claiming. Every one of the processes of the body. Yeah? All the conscious contact. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. You know how fast it is? Every recognition of seeing is, is immediately wrapped in an interpretation of I'm seeing. Yeah? Right now, seeing's happening. And I'm not talking about just vision. Seeing is happening. Consciousness. Seeing. And then there's the vision. And the vision, there's a sense of what's happening in the vision. I'm seeing those trees. I'm seeing those trees. I'm hearing those cars. And then my mind has memories of what cars are. That sounds like a truck. Yeah? That's a truck changing gears. Going up the hill a little bit because you can feel the engine fighting. So the mind just rips on the conscious contact based on memory. Yeah? And this is what we take to be life. We take an interpretation or a representation of life to be our life. We're basically out to lunch, totally. And so we live in this special gated community of somewhere, of being a very important someone, because it's incredibly important to think that you could suffer so greatly because of your lack of knowing the truth. That's like playing God to a huge degree. Yeah? When any sense of love and compassion is based on you receiving it or denying it is insane. To realize love and compassion are coming from in and then expressing or 
bleeding out. They're not coming from out, and you're the gatekeeper and say no to them. No, no, I don't want any of that. No, I'm not receiving that today. I was bad yesterday. I don't deserve any of that. No more love. Unconditional love. No. No. Got a very firm idea that I'm a bad person. This special summer is locked down to everywhere. No everywhere today. Right? And then when I do some penance and do a lot of service and I'll go on the retreat, then I may open up to everywhere for a half hour. All right, that's enough everywhere. Come on, everyone back on the bus. Let's go. Special somewhere. All right, call everyone. If I had this incredible experience of everywhere today, baloney. You don't take little tour packages to everywhere. Yeah? As a special somewhere. You don't go to a retreat and kayak and meditate and this and that, and it's like this special everywhere for a special somewhere for a week. Everywhere is everywhere. Yeah? No gate. It's a gateless gate. It's an open secret. Meaning, what's a secret if it's open? Obviously, there's no secret. <laughs> Your persistence and, and stubbornness about being special as a somewhere, as a body, is causing the everywhere not to seem to be everywhere. You can only hold your breath for time, maybe 80 or 90 years. Yeah? And it makes no dent on the everywhere. But in your dream, in the dream factory, you can make it seem like you're a special somewhere that never met everywhere in this life. And instead of recognize everywhere, maybe I make a fairy princess my everywhere, or money as my everywhere, or a, a, a place to surf my everywhere, or this and that. But those everywheres aren't very dependable. They tend to change, yeah? Surf spot, if a storm comes in, the bottom changes. The sandbar moves. Where it was breaking really nice isn't breaking anymore really nice. It's just the way things go here. Everything's changes and variable, yeah? Nothing's on sound footing. But consciousness, as all there is, is a very sound footing because it's everywhere. As everywhere. I hope you would have forgotten by now. <laughs> persistence is, I honor your persistence. It's good. I've spent my whole adult life trying to reach everywhere. Yeah. And I don't think I can stop trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some insurance policies you can get. <laughs> I'll sell you some afterwards. No, you can't stop, but you're not that you. That's, that's the message here. I'm not saying to stop, that would be selfing again. See, if someone says you should stop that, that means you started it. I'm saying you're not relevant whatsoever. Yeah? So it's not you that... The you that can't stop searching, that's a fact. That's an incredible report because it's true. The you cannot stop seeking, but you're not that you. The you has to keep seeking for everywhere because that what makes its relevance of somewhere seem true. The you wants to be relevant, wants to be existing, wants to be something. And it's taking you, this life that's moving through you as its reinforcement of that. It claims it. It claims every conscious contact as its. I see, I feel, I hear, I think. Can you imagine people hold every thought that goes through the head as, I'm the thinker of it, or it's about me, or it's about concerning me. Except the ones when you're building something, or you're putting a you know, a fuel pump in. Those thoughts are impractical. I mean all the yapping that goes on all day. Yeah? 
all those thoughts, every one of them is being held by an old thought, which is, I'm the thinker of all these thoughts. And Lord, they're all about me. Can you imagine how relevant that makes that you to be? If it's the one that's thinking all these thoughts, thousands of thoughts, they must be coming from somewhere, seemingly. Yeah? So if I'm that somewhere, I'm fucking relevant. Look at that. I can drive myself crazy. That gives me some oomph, doesn't it? I can calm myself down by reading some books. Wow, see, look, at, I, am, I, am an, I have an effect here. But it's causeless. It's a causeless effect. It's not an effect. It's an appearance. This is what we're saying here is... I don't know what we're saying here. Can someone tell me what I'm saying here? Here. The best way to get out of something. Let's say you just maybe today got a hit. I got to get out of trying to get to somewhere. Or everywhere, yeah? So the best way to get out of somewhere, out of anything, is to realize you were never in it. That's the only way that works. So the best way to get out of something is to realize you were never in it. Most people's movement of getting out of something is reinforcing the idea you're in something. Yeah? It's a dualistic little parlor trick of mine. So there's a, I'm really trying to get out of something, so that something must be real that you're trying to get out of. Or it would be absurd for you to get out of it. Yeah? This is the message. You're not in it. The problem is imaginary. If the problem is imaginary, the only solution is to recognize that. If the problem is imaginary, the only solution that would hold water is to recognize it's an imaginary problem. When that is seen, what and the record, the, imag, the, imag, the imagined problem is you. Yeah? So every time the you applies a solution to it, let it apply solutions to it. You've woken up to the fact there isn't a you. If there isn't a you, you'll lose interest if I should apply solutions or not. They won't mean as much to you. Your whole life won't be re resting in the balance of what I decide to do. Everything will be different if I go this way or that way. It's all milking a dead cow for relevance. You'll see if that if it's not me that's searching, let the searching continue. Who gives a shit? That's the freedom. Not from the searching. If you try to say, Oh, I'm gonna stop searching, that would be another form of searching. Yeah? You realize I gotta stop searching. That's my new form of searching. You can't get out of self as self. It's impossible. Yeah, because self is a name for a mental process. I like to call it selfing. Yeah? And it, it, it makes up an illusion that there's a noun called a self. And so that self now believes it has relevance. When, and so it rises above the verbness of all, and it takes to become a noun. So now instead of recognizing life is happening, it sees life is happening to me as this noun. Yeah? And also, now it sees life is happening through me as a noun. I am the doer. I'm the haver. I'm the one that's being victimized, and I'm the perpetrator. I'm the doer, and I'm being done too. Yes? You become extremely relevant as a noun. When you realize you're not the noun, you're seen as just a part of a verb. Yeah? Called selfing. The mental process is making up a noun. The consciousness gets identified as that noun. Your attention and interest gets captured by absorption in that noun, habitual 
desire to cherish that noun, and all this stuff goes on, and your life gets centered in self. That's the dilemma. What we're saying is, why do you need to do anything about that? Just see you're not the center. When the center drops out, the whole system collapses. If you try to fix the system without the center, the center will just re-morph and create another solar system around its gravitational pull. It doesn't fucking matter. You can be an addict, and you can be a, a saint. It's still identification of self. Yeah? But when you pull out the center, the whole system, the whole solar system, goes off its axis. Yeah? And what happens is, the sense of space, not being occupied by all these moons and planets and all this importance of your little solar system, and there's that sense of presence of emptiness of space. Life without a center, I think someone wrote a book. Yes, yes, but how do you do that? You don't. You just heard it. Let it go in there and let's see what happens. We're going to cook the souffle from the bottom up. Yeah? The fluffiness, but the, yeah, yeah. We're not going to go, we're not going to drop the message through the fluffiness. We're going to put it at the bottom of the pan. And while it's cooking, this aroma will move through. And so you can serve the spiritual subpoena. Already. You don't even know it yet. You'll be called to the court of light, and all of your convictions and warrants in the court of special somewhereness will be absolved. You'll be free of all blame and all guilt and all shame. In the court of light, all the charges against you, brought up by you, will be annulled. All your marriages to self, all your marriages to self will be annulled. There'll be no divorces that are messy. You won't have to divorce yourself from self. The marriage will be annulled. The court of light, a supreme court. Right now you're in your little appellate court. And you're getting convicted, right? Because you're the judge, you're the jury, you're the defendant, you're the prosecutor, you're the stenographer, totally writing up a new interpretation of representing what's happening. And then suddenly, alas, a surprise, you're guilty! You're guilty! You're guilty! No, we're bringing that up to the Supreme Court. Show the case. The whole bundle of all your files, it looks at it for a second, and it erases it. Because it sees no, no credibility in any of the charges. It's not, it's not, the laws of duality do not apply to singularity. You are of light. So you bring yourself to the court of light, and all your little mistakes and all this and all the things it life would have been great if I would have only done that so then again who's the relevant one for your life the one that didn't do that I know bye bye if I see you again in this court you're on probation if I see you go back to an appellate court no no you've already that case has been done it's over why go and rehash it why represent it yeah So there is no you that can do anything. It just appears to you to be. But there's no, you can't do a damn thing. How can you make everywhere anything other than what it is? It's just a recognition of its everywhereness. Yeah? How could I come back? Well, who cares? Really? I come to these meetings because I've never been to any one of them. I felt like shit today physically. Terrible. I had a really terrible day. I, I couldn't tell you a story in the appellate court. What a terrible day I had yesterday. You show up, 
and everything is absolved constantly. Why? Because it's not real. Nothing that's been said or felt can hold you in, in this prison of self. None. It's all made up. Once you've been in the court of light, that should be it. If you've got to come back, you're going to get Zen bitch left. That's going to be, that's going to be your, uh, whatever you call it. Set. Michelle, i got to slap you one more time. So, and this is a very lovely court because we stay open three times a week and you can come in here and get bitch slapped as much as you like. I like delivering them, so my little sadistic judge, my judicial sadistic tendency after being brought up against cases so many times. It's nice to be the judge now. As long as you don't tell me you're a law officer, you'll probably go easy on you. So, yeah, so the thing is, I know, it's painful when all you wanted to do is find everywhere, and yet somewhere keeps reappearing. Even when you feel like you've landed in everywhere, that piece of everywhere gets privatized as somewhere. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tendency of mine. It regroups and claims every acre of everywhere it ever believes it's moved into. Yeah? That's why we have to realize we're not the one that's moving into any of the acreage. Yeah? We are of everywhere. We're free ranging. We're coopless. No near no need to be near the coop. You just range around. Yes? So are important. Yeah? The principles of AA are very sound. And in fact, if this apparatus is ill, let's say you had diabetes in the body, awake or not awake, you would probably take diabetic medicine. Yeah? Because this has its own rules in time. It can get cancer. It can have dilemmas. And alcoholism is a disease. It's a disease just like cancer, in a sense, but it's in the mental process. 
So our medicine is a little different than other medicine. We don't take a pill or a tablet, yeah? We get together and two people who have suffered from the same takeover share about it and there's a possibility of being free from it by seeing that. But the personalities that are coming into the pharmacy to get the medicine, you have to put the principles ahead of them. The principles are sound. And in AA, AA has many levels, yeah? A lot of people, there's an old a priest that used to say, most people's experience of AA is a moving away from hell, not a moving towards heaven. So a lot of times when you come in, the way AA is presented or recovery is presented, this is my opinion, is presented is fear motivated. Yeah? Like if you, do, if you don't do this, you're going to die. I mean, you can't you know, cause more fear than that. You know? If you don't do this, you're not going to get a cookie. All right, that seems severe when I was a kid. But now, if you don't do this, you're going to die. That's sort of an extreme. You know, like you're going to, okay, jeez, all right, I better do this. And then if you don't do it, oh, I'm crazy. I should have done it, whatever. So a lot of people, that's the beginning. Yeah? It's a fear motivated. So we're trying, most people are just trying to move away from hell. Yeah? They're not moving towards heaven. Then there's other aspects of the book where it's another level, where they talk about you will cease fighting everyone in anything. Yeah? Uh, the problem will not exist for you. It will, be ha- it will happen with no thought or effort on your part. It's a miracle. You are basically reborn. Yeah? This has nothing to do with doing and having. It has nothing to do with fear. That is not motivated by fear. That is like you're now moving, let's say, towards heaven. I don't like to use that dualistic, you know, away from hell to heaven, but AA is a vehicle in this place of duality. It is. And it's dealing with a mental disease. But because it's a mental disease, it has a very big uh, quality of a lifestyle involved in it because your life is styled by mind. So when you have an alcoholic mind, your life is going to look usually like an alcoholic's life looks. It's going to express or outpress that way. Yeah? So we're attempting to get well physically. This has nothing to do with the spirit, but it does in a sense because it can seemingly block you off from the spirit when you're identified as the mental process, which is the root of the disease of alcoholism. You're identified as a self. Yeah? So you're, and a self is this body. So when you're taking this body to be you, that, and this body needs a lot of medicine, I cannot let personalities keep me from the medicine, which is what it says, keep principles above the personalities. If you don't, the greatest motivator for a new meaning to be started is a resentment about the old meaning. So you just go, I'm sick of this, listen to this shit, we're going to have a solution-based meeting. None of this yapping and fear, and no one's going to announce how much time they have, and we're just going to be on a level playing field, and let's just share the 24-hour message, and yeah, I have as much time as you today, and this and that, and that, and that, and that, and we don't have to pontificate or whatever, and that will happen, but you can have a certain theme to the meeting and let it go that way. And then you'll fulfill your need, and maybe others will get their needs fulfilled. That's what we call service. Yeah. Just like this. This meeting has a lot to do with recovery, but I couldn't present it in recovery because of the parameters of recovery as it's seen now by the people that follow it. It's not, it's not a, like a, an edict of God to make this parameter, but this is the way this our community is doing it. So I have separated myself from AA in name, in a sense, and I present what I present in this feeling so that anyone can come and there's no conflict with it. Hey, she's not, she's, 
whatever. You know, I don't have to do the steps. I'm just this. No, the steps are for your physical disease. They can allow your spirit to leak out a little more, so that your consciousness will become aware of itself. Instead of being aware of life as a body, it will see the spirit. And AA can be very helpful for someone who has alcoholism. And once, once that's dealt with, once you get the body somewhat healed, it's, in a sense, easy to entertain you're not the body. If you try to entertain you're not the body while it's disease-ridden, that's trying to disassociate from the body. That's a mind solution, and you're more the body than ever. So the, dis- the disassociation is a clean one when the body gets well, and part of the brain is the body. Yeah, and that's where the disease is of alcoholism. When that gets somewhat well, that's taken care of. Now the spirit is more easily entertained because your identification isn't wavering so much in the body anymore. Yes? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's my view of it. So I love AA. I love it immensely. And I'm attempting to offer an invitation to members and non-members alike of a way of it's very easy to, to live in a limited field of possibilities as, so, as long as there's an identification as this as your anchor you're going to be in limited possibilities you'll never entertain you're totally okay you can only entertain I will be okay by doing something yes you always become relevant in your okayness you're always irrelevant in your own con- fucking condition this is a message about realizing you're irrelevant in your own condition. You can be relevant to the body condition, do the steps of this and that, but what you truly are, you're irrelevant to. It, it already is. What you truly are does, need, does not need any working on. It doesn't need any improvement. It's already everything. See, that's, the, that's sort of the dilemma. So maybe you're cleaning your antenna, which is what we do with the steps, but what the message you're going to pick up isn't based on your doing and having. It says the antenna is clean. It's been broken off from just being picking up K-Paul all day, you know, 24-7. It's now open to pick up other frequencies, the spirit, let's see, you want to call it a spiritual frequency. And then it expresses through the body that now, now that's somewhat clean, the infection has been somewhat uh, subdued, and now the spirit can pulsate through the body as a form of expression. But if you're totally disassociated from bodies by saying, I'm not, I don't need to do the steps, I'm not the, that and this and that, but the body's not going to pick up the frequency. It's going to distort it. Yeah? It's not going to come out right. It'll sound like, hey, this guy's full of shit. I don't feel any sense of uh, resonance from what he's saying. Because it, it will be full of shit. Because it's, the whole receiver is, is totally filled with K-Paul. <laughs> Right? It's just picking it up constantly. Now it has a little spiritual section of K-Paul, which is worse than ever. It's like fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Dogma always leaks into any spiritual thing when self is involved. Non-Advaita everything. Leaks in, and now you're not a true Advaita or whatever. It's, how, can you mean, how can you be a true non-duality? <laughs> everyone, everyone in the appearance and duality is false. Every point of view here is false because it's a point of view. The whole dilemma of a point of view is it's falsehood. <laughs> so, I know, see, the thing is, I don't want to record this anymore. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get a little personal here.